Hello everybody, welcome back to Fast Get Rewatch Season 3, Episode 21. I am Cart My Hats and with me is Red Nightmare, as always. You want to cause an explosion? Doesn't scan. Never mind. No, back to the drawing board. We'll work on that later. It's fine. Yeah, I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah, we are back for uh, episode twenty-one of season three of Farscape, uh, which is part oh, two. Oh, I got it! I got it! I got Wait, it! Wait, do you want a nuke spaceship? Yes, nice, very nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, we're back. Uh, this is episode twenty-one. Uh, Into the Lion's Den, part two: Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. And last week was part one: Lambs to the Slaughter. And so, uh, of course, we start out this episode with previously on, including last week, uh, which was all about them finally built boarding Scorpius's command carrier under the pretense of John helping Scorpius out in return for uh, pardons and such for his friends. Yes, because he's because he's saying to Scorpius that he believes that the Scarens definitely shouldn't have it and the best way to make sure they don't is make sure peacekeepers get it first when of course secretly he's planning to disrupt the whole thing yeah he wants to set Scorpius back as far as possible although last episode you know he was maybe a little bit unsure of if that was the right thing to do mm-hmm. and he started to understand the wormholes a bit more and maybe get some more knowledge about them and he also started to slowly see what Scorpius was trying to do and was it getting a little bit buddy buddy almost until? Well, yeah, until basically a few things happen. Like Commandant Grazer shows up and says to Scorpius, "Like you're not producing any results, and I'm gonna scrap this project." And so then Scorpius gets upset and realizes that John may be holding back. So he says, "Look, John, I know where Earth is," and he threatens uh, Earth mm-hmm. if John doesn't cooperate. And that's where the last episode ends, and that is, in fact, where this episode picks up immediately after that. Yep. In fact, almost like in the same scene. And Scorpius says, still growling, that he doesn't care about Earth or your or your species, John. Like they, only that they matter to you. You know, I'm out of time, and this is like a direct quote because he says that Commandant bitch could come back at any time. Yeah, it's like whoa. Oh, yeah. I've never heard. Scorpius used strong language before, I think. Yeah, not really. And he has to provide some results or his project is going to get scrapped. And he's he's out of time. And otherwise the Scarons will take over half the galaxy. And John is laughing through the pain, basically saying, like, well, you're screwed, grasshopper. Yeah, but then Scorpius, like, picks him up, throws him across the room, and is like, look, if I am screwed, then things around here are going to get very ugly. And he taps John on the cheek and gets up, and uh, John's still mm-hmm. bleeding from the mouth. And and as Scorpius leaves, John is banging his head against the floor, and you can hear Scorpius in the background, like, oh, so, minor yeah. detail, but very nice detail. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Scorpius is out of options here, getting a little bit desperate. Mm-hmm. So then we go to where John, Aaron, and Chris are in the officer's lounge. And uh, Aaron says, like, well, then if Grazer's going to come back and shut this project down, then we've succeeded, right? Yeah. We've done what we came here to do. And John's pretty much like, well, I wouldn't be so sure about that because Scorpius is in... Do we know what the quote was on that one? Well, basically, like, he's... I forget what mode he's in, but basically he's... The the idea is that he is not going to let them take his toys away and Scorpius is not going to let the project die. Would you bet against him? Yeah, it's like he's... We have a saying in Dutch that translates roughly to a cornered cat makes weird jumps. 
Yeah. When the chips are down and Scorpius is getting desperate, do you want to bet against him? And uh, no, not really. Because I don't. <laughs> and so they have to come up with another plan. So they go to the restorative chamber where Jewel Dargo. Rigel and Chiana are already and we actually see them talking before the the rest of them arrive mm -hmm. and they basically say no we agree we're not staying here any longer we need to we need to go now I love also that they've dropped all pretenses of secretly having conversations there because they're standing in the sauna fully clothed I mean basically they're saying we just need to get out of here nothing nothing wrong there except then John Aaron and Grace come in and then they're like right we need a new plan here Grazer's arrival changes everything. We're out of time. We need to destroy the research from the inside. Yeah, we're, we need to blow up this ship. And dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there's dramatic music close-ups of people's faces. It's like, you're not serious. And it's like, well... And John is saying that like all of the information is here. In fact, he's even, Scorpius has even retrofitted the hull into a, a wave repeater to stabilize a wormhole. This ship is the Peacekeeper wormhole project. Yeah, if they destroy this thing... It, the project is over. And you can see, while John is talking about this, both Aaron and Crace looking slightly concerned. And also, I like how some shots put only them in shot, or them prominently in shot. Yeah. Because Aaron says what they're both thinking. There are over 50,000 men, women, and children on this ship. Yeah. You can see John realize that he has to think about that almost because he's mm -hmm. like then he turns to Aaron and says then we will find a way to get them off like he hasn't thought that far ahead nope and, and I'm I'm thinking in the back of my mind what if you can't yeah you still there, blow it up yeah if there isn't a way to do that but Dargo objects and is like no man this it's impossible and I think Rigel also says, like, this carrier's over a metre long. How are we going to blow it up? But John says, this is what we came here to do. Are we all on the same page here? Come on. Um, mm -hmm. And then he turns to Crace, and I like this. He's like, Crace, you commanded this boat. Is there any way to blow it up? Crace is like, uh, I need to see if I need to see schematics, if any changes Scorpius might have made when I left. I need to see fuel and ammo redistribution. But he but does... Possibly? Yeah, he says it, it should... He thinks it may be possible and John's like okay that's the start we can start there and like we have to try to do this yep and actually then Rigel pipes up and says I saw what the Scarens were able to do and I've seen what destruction wormholes can do firsthand because of course he was there during all the um, excitement at uh, infinite possibilities so he knows what wormhole weapons are capable of and he's like yeah no no one should have this power we have to no. stop this and he says, even if I do manage by sheer luck to get my throne back, I won't hold it for long yeah. if the peacekeepers have this tech. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everybody is agreed. And so the next scene is Crace actually trying to get aboard Talon. Mm -hmm. He's just walking along the hangar, and then some peacekeeper officers step in front of him and saying that, no, you can't go that way, sir. And he's like, I'm just going back to the Leviathan. Well, the hybrid, and... Um, yeah, the hybrid. But he says, the hybrid is dead. You know, there's no reason to deny me access. And the officer says, well, Scorpius's orders are why I can I have to deny you access. Yep. So Scorpius isn't letting him back on board Talon. Okay. Now that Scorpius is like, okay, niceties are over, access is revoked. Yep. Not giving you any special dispensation at all. Yeah. Do you know who, pointedly, is not this, superior, this uh, peacekeeper officer? Uh, it's not... Job satisfaction, man. Exactly. Uh, He's yeah. absent from this episode. Oh, like, he could have done that. This, he would have made him really happy. 
Yeah. <laughs> would have been he, so he, satisfied. He, oh well. He said that with such a such a grin on his face. Yeah. Oh well, oh, never mind. A it's a it's a big ship. He's probably off doing something else. Yeah, he's probably right. very happy with whatever it is. That is true. <laughs> then we go to see uh, John, who is back up in the, the sort of research station with uh, Kokura Strapper, um, where they've been doing their wormhole research. And mm-hmm. he's basically staring at a screen. We It's slightly transparent. We can see through it, close up of his eyes. And we flash actually into John's head, where he's having a chat with Harvey. Let's give this scene a bit more description, because he's having a chat with Harvey, who is in his military gear, yep. sitting next to the truck. While bombs are going off around them in black and white yep. while they're playing chess. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they're playing game. It, it's a very much a visual metaphor for the situation John is in right now. Yes. You know, uh, bombs exploding all around him, trying to play games with Scorpius and trying to get one up on him. Also, they start out with ch- <laughs> start out with chess and John says, um, well, John asks Harvey, he's like, would Scorpius really attack Earth? And Harvey is like, mm, I wouldn't underestimate him. And or he says, oh, if you're asking me, would he go on a 60-year mission just to destroy a single planet, just to get of back at you? people that are completely insignificant and have no tactical advantage. Um, I don't think he answers the question. No, he doesn't really fully answer it because we sort of fade back out to a close-up of John's face in, mm-hmm. you know, in color and back in aboard the carrier, and then it fades back in again. And instead of chess this time, now they're playing checkers. Yes. <laughs> and then Harvey says, I wouldn't ever underestimate Scorpius's resolve for retribution. Um, and mm-hmm. also John's like playing checkers and puts a piece down. He's like, oh, no, wait. I... <laughs> oh, you, no, you let go. You let go. Took, uh, took your hand off. <laughs> exactly. Took, took your, your hand, hand off. off. Like, I love that reading. It's great. Oh. <laughs> and so, and then Harvey asks John, it's like, if you were gained the ability to return home, would you really destroy all that information? Would you do that? And John also doesn't answer. And mm-hmm. there's another sort of fade back in and out. And this time, John and Harvey are playing uh, cards. Actually, they're playing Go Fish. Yeah, Go Fish. Any threes? Actually, I love the way Harvey is played in this because he's actually uh, Wayne Pigram doesn't just play him as scorpius he actually like really puts on a very exaggerated sort of british accent english accent (laughs) he's like got any threes (laughs) got any threes and john's like "Uh, here he goes like yes (laughs) which is great i was like got any sixes go fish go fish (laughs) and then then there are more explosions going up and and that's when john snaps out of it because um because strapper is telling him to commander Crichton, john John Crichton, hello. You've, you've stopped writing on the pad, and you see that John has basically been scribbling on his hand, mm. pen, and their symbols. And it's like, and Strop is very excited because apparently these are important pieces of the um, calculations. It's like you've unlocked the fifth equation for this thing, and it's just all written on John's hand. And he's looking at it, and he's like, "Huh? Well, there you go. What do you know?" Yeah, apparently Scorpius was right in the last episode saying that he might have been subconsciously suppressing the knowledge. And he he looks at his hands and he's like, I can do this. 
and it's sort of very disconnected sort of voice of like, I can do this. I can do mm-hmm. this. But yeah, like we mentioned last episode, the wormhole knowledge is starting to unlock from his brain. And mm-hmm. I think, remember when, in, during Infinite Possibilities, this is what basically what Jack described as what was supposed to happen. That the knowledge would slowly come to him and the details, a few details he was missing would uh, pop in. Yeah, rather than it all being unlocked at once like Jack had to do. Then we cut to Crace in his quarters aboard the command carrier and Lieutenant Laurel is also there. And she's the one who knew him from before and seemed to be getting close to him, but we know may actually be a double agent. Almost certainly is a double agent. agent Spying on him. But she says, look, disarming Talon was just the first step towards his uh, rebirth. We have to get you aboard there. And Chris says, look, no, Talon is dead. They're not going to let me on board unless I have something to trade. And you can see on his face, he's like, I can't believe I'm considering this. Yeah, and so the next scene we see is actually we're at, uh, back up at Scorpius's quarters or command room, and mm-hmm. Baraka comes in and says, uh, you have a visitor, <laughs> Scorpius. And Krace comes in under armed escort, and he just starts out saying, oh, I think Scorpius says, like, what do you want? Krace says, I have a demand for you. you know, he's like, break, take him away. He's just immediately, just without hesitation it's like just get him out of my sight just get him out of here because crazy is saying i demand that i not punished for my transgressions while i was uh, deserted and uh, i want to be leader of the talon resurrection project and i want with to... with my girlfriend he doesn't say that but i can't remember her name right now yeah with lieutenant laurel in uh, my second in command and all yelling all of this on as he's being dragged out of the and room Scorpius is like hang on stop i'm assuming you have something comparable to share with me yeah it seems a bit odd that suddenly he's like at first where he's like no hang on i want to hear hear this out but then when he does mention that yeah you must have something of equal value because scorpius knows how this works you know you know yeah the thing is that because the demands are so high yeah scorpius realizes he has something otherwise Grace isn't that stupid he wouldn't think he could just demand something without something in return what i like in this scene is as this exchange happens where scorpius realizes what Grace is doing there are close-ups of braca mm-hmm. <laughs> where he's just like you just all facial acting no like dialogue but he's just like what it's like, um, uh, what, sir? <laughs> like, his eyes are darting back and forth, and like, it's um... It's like, because Scorpius says, any promises I make might not be able to enforce if Commandant Grazer comes back and deposes me. But Grace says, because remember, Grace knows how all this works as well, and he says, look, if you sign them with an executive order while you're still in command, basically, mm-hmm. if you go up the chain and get approval, then... When Grazer comes in, she'll have to honor it. That's how the yeah. Peacekeeper code works. Despite if you are disgraced or not. Yeah. And so Scorpius says, actually before hearing what Grace has, but mm-hmm. he says, I agree to your terms. And uh, <laughs> again, we, that's when uh, another close-up of Braca of just like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> Braca is very confused. But so the armed guards release Grace. And then Crace tells Scorpius that John has no intention of helping you. He's conspiring with some of Moya's crew to destroy this command carrier. Traitor! 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 It's like, oh, Bloody no. hell. Damn Crace it, Crace. had a weakness and it was a feminine one. <laughs> well, yeah. and maybe Talon. 
be honest. And but maybe still, also... Bloody hell. Yeah, what the hell, Chris? We thought you w didn't want anything to do with Peacekeepers anymore. Yeah, we, you came so far. What happened? So then the next scene is uh, with Aaron aboard the Peacekeeper training ground, or the basically the park inside the mm -hmm. spaceship. Um, where we were before last episode and she's just wandering about and you can see some kids in the background having a tug of war and mm -hmm. uh, people running around and there's an injured girl behind a tree. Yeah, basically being attacked by two larger boys. Yeah, and then they run off and she Aaron walks over and checks on her, you know, saying have you got an injury and like the, she's got a cut across her hand and mm -hmm. Aaron takes out some gel sprays it on there it's like this will sting for a bit but uh, you'll be alright and do you have any idea how many times I was beaten up because I wasn't ready yeah and she starts counting with her fingers filling at least one ha both hands and you can hear the girl in the background laughing a little bit but then Aaron's old friend comes up and actually I don't remember if it, it was brought up last episode but now we her do her name was never mentioned we do find out what her name is because Aaron stands up and greets her and says it, uh, she's called Henta and she comes in and says look let me see that hand to the girl and so she takes out a, a stick and just like whacks it it's yeah like, let, it, let bleed. it bleed yeah let it bleed let it scar You'll want it later, and then go away. And then basically she says to Aaron, don't make her weak. Leaving out the like you part, I think. Yeah, I was expecting that line. I was expecting mm -hmm. don't make her soft like you. But Aaron says to her that uh, there's so much you don't know as mm -hmm. Henta walks away. And then as Henta leaves, Crace comes into the scene and says to Aaron, like, we need to talk. Follow me. There's a problem. And they're like, um, okay, is this so a trap? So you're going to turn her in as well? Nice. What's going on here? At the end of the scene, I'm also like, well, so much for these two coming back together. Because mm. they were looking to be like in a civil discussion about peacekeeper values <laughs> at the end of the last episode. But I guess that's over. Yeah. And so then the next scene is through the corridors of the command carrier. And we have everybody else, Dargo, Rigel, uh, Chiana and Jewel and they're like okay we've got the information uh, that John wanted we have to just get it to him and then we can get the hell off here but mm -hmm. as they're walking through the corridors some security turns up and basically corners them and they're like oh oh crap <laughs> yeah it's like oh there we go who was it <laughs> and so then we see John um, back up in the research area with Strapper mm -hmm. There and he says, "Well, the equations are flowing out of you." <laughs> and there's... Like like out of a fountain. And Scorpius comes in and says, "Like it seems your subconscious has blossomed despite yourself." And he says, "All right, no more distractions, John. None of this. Like your plot against this ship has failed." As he says that, Grace walks in with two guards, and John turns around, realizes <laughs> what happened. You can see the complete regret on Crace's face, by the way. Yeah, he does Very well acted. He doesn't look particularly happy about this. Mm -hmm. And John sort of looks at him and then just leaps at him. It's like, no! And you're... starts punching him. And then it's like, yeah, you're dead. You're yeah. a dead man, Crace. As the guards pull him away and Scorpius grabs him around the neck, it's like, it's over, John. You're going to give me results. And if Commandant Grazer wants it, your friends can sit out their imprisonment term all they want. It's like, no, leave them out of it. Let them go. I made them do it. Be glad I haven't killed them yet. Yeah, and John's like, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work. And Scorpius is, I think he says, like, you're not in a position to make demands anymore. Nope. You cooperate or I'll kill them all. 
So yeah, Scorpius is back in a position of power over Crichton. Mm-hmm. So things are not looking good. In fact, we then see Dargo, Rigel, Jolnchiana in a holding cell, and they're sort of sat down, looking dejected. And Dargo says, "I was a prisoner for eight cycles before, and it took me la- that long to get out that time, and I don't want to go through that again." Yeah, and Rigel says, "I was captured for 130 cycles." I got lucky that I was able to escape. Yeah, and I think it's Jewel who's Ooh. surprised at this because she hasn't heard this before, but she's like, no. wow, 130 cycles. Yeah, so being captured by the Peacekeepers, again, for these for this group is not... Mm-hmm. not a, it's a distressing thing, and they're kind of back to where they were very a oh, very long time ago now. There's actually a line in here which I really like because Jewel says, "Look, they can't detain us, right? We only they only have our intent. We didn't do anything wrong." And Chiana says, "Look, these are peacekeepers. They're not into justice. They're into enforcement." Mm, yeah. It's a which good line. I think sums the peacekeepers up quite well. Yeah, definitely. They definitely don't really care about actual justice. No. No. They really don't. <laughs> Oh, I remember when we had the flashback in um, different destinations where we saw what peacekeepers used to be like. And they were a bit more yeah. into justice back in those days. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the peacekeeper ideal has twisted into a more authoritarian, enforcement-based uh, society. So, yeah, yep. we, we've kind of seen that, that they weren't always this way, but that's how they nope. are now. So the next thing we actually see is the... Um, is John and Aaron meet up, and Aaron says, "You know, come with me. You need to see this." And we go to the back to the generator room that we saw last episode with the mm-hmm. big chase. And actually, also in the generator room, I don't think it was there before, but there's an Aurora chair just sat in yeah. the middle of it. I was like, I, ha, "What? Why is the, the Aurora chair here and in a generator room?" Well, we do know that the generator room, like the, I think it's like the uh, the sauna, in that um, you can't be monitored in there. Mm-hmm. So I guess that, that might be why the Aurora chair is placed in there. Yes, it's weird, especially yeah. because apparently they had two, because the other one was on the gamut base. Yeah, that that I don't find weird. Like no. th- that one got blown up, right? With the, yeah, along with the just, gamut base. It's just what the hell is it doing here? Well, it's Scorpius's ship now. And we know that Scorpius likes to use the Aurora chair. That is true. I, I mean, Makes sense. I'm less surprised by the fact that there's an Aurora chair on the command carrier than where it is in yes. the command carrier. We know I mean, this it is... all piles up to be very weird. Yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd choice. But anyway, it's, it's there in the generator room. And Aaron says to John's like, okay, you need to listen to me. Uh, you need to listen to this because Crace is there as well. Yeah, and he was about to just punch Crace out again. Yeah, and Aaron stops and is like, no, no, okay, hear this out. Also, actually, I want to mention something quickly, that John, you know, he was bleeding from the mouth at the beginning of the episode. He was beaten up by Scorpius. He sports bruises and, like, bloodstains on his face throughout the entire episode, Mm -hmm. which actually I really appreciate stuff like that because all too often in TV someone will get beaten up or whatever, and then in the next scene they're fine, you know. Magically healed. (laughs) Yeah, no, John looks beat up and tired in this scene. Because he's just like, why is he here? He sold us out. He's a traitor. Mm. But Kray says, like, you can't destroy the command carrier just by flipping a few switches. I needed this distraction so that Scorpius would believe that the plot against him had failed. And I kept Aaron safe because I need her. I need her to help me with my plan. So 
Chris selling out the rest of the crew was actually part of his plan. This was a triple cross or whatever you uh, want to call it. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it's a triple cross. <laughs> handing somebody over but not actually handing somebody over. And so John is like, you know what, Fine, whatever. And he John goes to leave again, but they're like, no, no, please listen. I do want to help. And Yeah, and he says, what we need is something big and I'm yeah. going to wake up Talon. Because uh, he does explain his plan like that, but he actually starts out with, um, everything I care for is gone. My parents are taken away, my brother is dead, and so right now I only live for my own interests. In this, I believe I'm not alone in the <laughs> And John's like, just get to the point. He said, I don't want your life story. And he says, I understand the power of this technology. And it should not be in peacekeeper hands, in anyone's hands. And I am the only one who can stop it. How? And Aaron reassures John, like, we're all on the same page. We want the ship destroyed. And Grace explains, as we said, the only way to do it is with Talon. But then Aaron explains the plan and says that Grace is proposing that he and Talon starburst while still inside the command carrier. Yeah, because when they do that, the ship should collapse in on itself. Outer decks first, core last, and it would take about half an arm, giving the crew enough time to evacuate. And then John asks, okay, fine, and then we meet you where? Where do we meet up? And Chris says, you don't. Starburst inside a confined space like this with nowhere for the energy to dissipate. It will be the hero's death that Talon deserves. And What? Yeah. And so John's like, you're going to die? He's like, I'll need a few things, mostly a big distraction. I need to get Scorpius off my back so I can enact this plan. And you can see John has been, like, the look on his face throughout this entire scene has been restrained anger and mm -hmm. still mad at Crace. But in this last part of the scene, he says, like, Crace, you'll get one. You'll get a distraction and then walks it off. Mm -hmm. Whew. So that's the plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, can we pause for a second that Crace basically just volunteered himself for a suicide mission? Yeah, like he says, that's why he starts out with everything he cared about has been taken from him. Mm -hmm. He's gone, like his parents, his brother, and his command, all of you know his, his previous life. And he knows that Talon is their best bet at destroying the command carrier, so yeah. Mm. Yeah, I actually have a few thoughts about this scene that I think is best to talk about at the end of the episode. Um, Got it. But... Yeah, this was, but I'll say now that this was very much a let's sit down and hammer out what the what the plan is, you know. But you know, it, it does its job reasonably well. So we now know what is going to happen or what what they're going to try and do. So we go back to the uh, research area and John tells Strapper like, "Come on, let's go get my module from Moya." And then Lieutenant Laurel meets Crace in the corridor and she's like, "What's happening? Oh, What's going scene. on?" Oh. And uh, Chris is like nothing's going on and she's like I know you I know when you're about to do something and he's like oh you you do know me very well and, and she says if I suspect you're going to do something I need to report that to Scorpius uh, yeah and he says it back to her it's like yes you must report it to Scorpius do not be disloyal to Scorpius in any way she's like what are you talking and he interrupts her by slapping her in the face. And he's like, tell Scorpius that won't work. If next time he sends a spy, send someone I care about. And he's yelling that at her. Yeah, and, and he walks off. Mm. And you can see people helping them, helping her up. And as Craze walks away, there's a look of certain determination. But if you look closely, there's also a tiny bit of regret in there. Yeah. Because that hurt him a lot. Hmm. 
Because he really did care, and he knew this was the only way to protect her and to do what had to be done. Yeah, and I think he did also realize that she's actually a spy for Scorpius. Yes, very much. I mean, of course she is. Like, I mean, she she literally said, "I have to yeah, report, exactly. report these things to Scorpius." Like, either that was an admission, or that was something that she'd already said. Mm. So yeah, he's uh, abandoning that as well, but trying to keep her safe. So mm-hmm. we then are briefly aboard Moya, actually, because they've gone to get uh, John's module, as we said in the previous scene. And Strapper is uh, walking through the uh, hangar bay, checking it out and saying, like, OK, hurry up, John. We are not supposed to be here very long. And John is in Pilot's den, sitting across from Pilot. It's like, yeah, I'll be there in a bit. Does Moya understand what we're doing, Pilot? Pa- Pilot says, like, Moya understands. Talon was always destined for a violent end, but at least this will be a noble one. Um, Quite a turnaround for what we what happened two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, she was angry even at the thought of, I don't know, um, putting him under, basically. Yeah, but, I mean, situations have changed. Moya has mm-hmm. been captured. Talon has been... Captured Talon, as well. Captured, but also shut down and would be reborn in their original plan was to build him back up again but then he would not really be Talon Mm -hmm. so maybe they I think Moya and Pilot have come to terms with the fact that that Talon is too far gone that uh, whatever they do Talon won't really come back and John says like look if you don't hear from us or you don't see us escape you just starburst out of here and uh don't look back and says give Moya my love and Pilot says like and her love to you as well as mine and bows his head a bit and John like grabs the grabs, grabs his, the head grabs his head and puts his head against it and it's actually it's quite sad this scene yeah because if things go badly they'll they'll probably never see each other again yeah. during the escape it's easy for them to be separated so yeah all right and again this is like we're gearing up for the final push here this is we're setting the stage we're getting all the players in place before mm-hmm. the final act this is very much what this part feels like at least yep and so then cut back to the uh command carrier where Erin is walking through the corridors and she has a bunch of rope over her shoulder yeah i, I assume that will be used for something later I, i'm assuming because she's in peacekeeper garb the guards aren't immediately seizing her. No, I mean, it's just rope. What, what, what could go wrong with yeah, that? No. no, the fact that it's Aaron's son, yeah. crew of Moya. <laughs> First, one crew member that's still unaccounted for. I'm assuming they don't arrest her because of her clothing and she's keeping a low profile. Yeah, I remember Crace did say that he kept her safe specifically because he would need her. Mm-hmm. And then we see John is working on his module, which is now aboard the command carrier. And uh, Scorpius... Is like, why did you bring... The, I allowed you to bring this primitive ship over here, but to what purpose? And he holds his hand up and says, read the finger, Scorpy. Yeah. I have an idea forming. Well, actually, there's a bit of a funny thing, because he, he holds up three fingers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got all the writing over them. And he says, read the middle finger, Scorpius. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this being uh, shown when and where it was, they couldn't actually have him flip off Scorpius. So they had to have him hold up the three hands, and it, it's like you've ever done that in like uh, when you're a kid of like hold up the three fingers, and be like read between the lines, man. <laughs> 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 it's basically what he does never, to Scorpius. Never heard that one before. That's a good uh, one. But uh, yeah, so he's like, I think I know why my ship, my primitive ship with no shielding, can survive a wormhole where your stuff 
can't and liquefies people inside. Yeah, and okay. I'm going to try and test that out. Scorpius is like, okay, uh, who's ready? Like, shouts up to the deck of like, who, what pilots are ready to go? And John's like, no, 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 no. I'm not letting one of your flyboys screw this up. If, if they fail, bye-bye ship, bye-bye options. No, I'm doing this myself. And Scorpius says like, if you mess this up, you could die. It's like, yep, but uh, command- <laughs> of this nickname, Commandant Cleavage will execute me when she comes back anyway. So Right, so might as well try, we need to make this work. What? You afraid I'll turn to mushy and you as well? And John offers to Scorpius, says, come with me. You've waited your entire life to make a wormhole. Don't you want to come and see what one is like from the inside, up close? I'll I'll introduce you to one. And you can see Scorpius thinking about it. And you see him like, oh, oh. And I'm like, holy crap, he does have a weakness. Mm. It's hope. Yeah, he wants to believe that it could work. He wants it. To work so badly and he wants to see it for himself yeah and so they actually get in the module and go off to the wormhole that they've got open for testing and so they fly out there and uh, strapper is keeping tabs on them with their you know the instruments it's like we're getting all these readings you're approaching the mouth of the wormhole now and they go into the wormhole and fly through it and it's very weird seeing john sitting in the seat and scorpius behind him and knowing it's not harvey Yes, but we've... actual Scorpius. <laughs> we have seen that shot before, but yeah, it was Harvey that time. And so they're flying through the inside of the wormhole. We get the standard CG shot of the ship going through the wormhole, and mm-hmm. the sort of rough interior texture and size of the wormhole, and they're just going through it. And Scorpius says, "Well, John's like, how how does it feel back there?" And Scorpius is like, "This is without description, John." And he's looking out the window, sort of in in wonder a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they appre- then they reach an inst- an unstable part of the wormhole, unstable zone, which we've yeah. seen this happen before, uh, where there are parts of the interior of a wormhole that are stable and parts that are rough, mm-hmm. and it's sort of vibrating, it's shaking, and Scorpius is like, "What's going on, John? What's causing this?" And he's like, "Hey." Flying through wormholes ain't like dusting crops, farm boy. And you can you can see Strapper panicking back, and it's like. Are you there? Are you there? Hello? Are you still alive? Get me answers! <laughs> First time we see Strapper really a- angry. It's like, get me data on them! <laughs> and you can actually see also that uh, there are shots of random peacekeepers uh, in close-up because the comms from Scorpius and John are being broadcast over the entire ship. Mm-hmm. You can see people looking up, which means that Crace and Aaron can pretty easily move between them Yeah, as that's... everybody's distracted. I'm like, that's convenient. <laughs> Although they don't actually, they're not able to sneak past the guards at Talon, so they run into the same people that, or Chris runs into the same person he did before, and it's like, yeah. uh, you may not know this, uh, but my orders have changed. Scorpius said if you were to try to board the uh, hybrid again, I was to kill you. Shoot you on sight. I'm going to enjoy this, sir. But then Chris says, not as much as I am, holds up a grenade, <laughs> yeah, and just tosses it ca- very casually, so casually. Tosses it over the shoulder of one of the uh, one of the um, soldiers in front of him. It's like, oh, 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 get down! They're like, ah, grenade, grenade! And in the, it explodes in the confusion. Then we see Aaron swinging down from somewhere on that rope she was carrying. Yep. And just knocks the rest of the guards over and like yeah, maybe and they... punches one or two out. And then the two of them are just standing there. 
It's like got him, <laughs> and this is intercut with Strapper saying to the to John that like oh, your readings are in the danger zone. <laughs> That's not what they said. No, it is. Is it? Yeah, he said danger zone. What? Yeah. Hey, hey, Scorpy, Scorpy, Scorpy. What? what? Danger zone. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, so in the with the distraction, Crace is able to get aboard Talon, and because er, Erin said actually that she can find the others where they're yeah. they're being held and get them out. There's a brief scene where they're both standing outside Talon over the knocked out guards, and Erin just holds Crace's face with one hand. And they're looking at each other and both like with the look of this is the last time we'll see each other. Mm. And she just slaps him on the face and is like, "Off you go." Well, like like doesn't slap him, but like you know. well. You're, Taps him. Taps him on the face, yeah. <laughs> just, just, get yeah, out of here. like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, Grace is walking to his end. And we then see John and Scorpius again, and they've managed to stabilize the ship in the wormhole, and Strapper's like, okay, uh, the wormhole is becoming unstable. You need to get out of there. And they're like, all right, let's 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 get out of here. Let's go back and to the carrier. You can really see that Scorpius is appreciative of what John has done for him. And he actually looks out at the one point through the window and says, I've never felt this connected, which is a bit mm-hmm. of a cryptic thing because we don't know what exactly he means. But John says, you're not getting mushy on me back there, right? <laughs> so, yeah, they head back to the carrier and uh, there's a bit where actually they, they've landed and John gets out and then Scorpius gets out and he's a bit, uh, a bit he just sort of falls over a little bit. He's like, oh, oh, a bit wobbly on his legs. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you'll get your wormhole uh, legs at some point. First time's always tricky. <laughs> and again, the fact that he's so stumbling, it's like it's showing more of Scorpius's weakness for mm, once. Yeah. He's not completely in control. He's not, no. no, not so much not in control. He's He's not radiating strength. Yeah, he's a little bit out of his depth, I think. Yeah, so maybe I think a- that's the right word way to put it yeah also being so kind towards john when they're in the in the pod Mm, i think it's the interesting thing like you said that he's out of his depth because and when john's just sort of standing there he's like you'll be fine you'll get better you'll be all right and scorpius is the one who looks bewildered and it's an interesting reversal Mm -hmm. and it's you know it doesn't last very long only for this short bit of the scene but it's interesting to see when it comes to wormholes, yeah, Scorpy is definitely out of his depth when it compared to John. Yeah, he's in awe of it and uncertain about these things where John mm. is like already an old hat at this. Yeah, pretty which much. Is why he calls him Grasshopper this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> As uh yeah, he's uh his apprentice almost in this case. I think what is that referring back to? That's uh Kung Fu the T V series. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, no no no, it's uh Karate Kid, right? Grasshopper? Uh I know hang on a minute. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, no, it's actually Kung Fu the uh, T V series, not Karate Kid. Oh, dang. Yep. Uh, it was the it was the series from the seventies starring uh, David Carradine. <laughs> so Yep, not Karate Kid. <laughs> Never heard of it, actually. <laughs> it, it's one of those things, the whole grasshopper thing, has, as na- nickname for your apprentice, has wormed its way into popular culture without people really knowing where it's coming from. That's with a lot of things in popular culture, let's be honest. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, anyway, there you go. That's where that's from. Meanwhile, we've also seen Crace ab- aboard Talon now, and he walks up to Command and kneels down, in fact, because Talon mm-hmm. is still mostly offline. And he says... 
Don't be afraid. Your weapons were taken by the peacekeepers. The firing mechanism for your main cannon is gone. Moya has been captured, as has the rest of the crew, and your mother will oh, right. soon be enslaved. Right, yes. And then you can you can see on the lights that Talon is angry about that. Yeah, you can hear the bloop, like, and Crace looking upset himself, and he says, Moya will be enslaved unless we do something. We do something radical together. So once John and Scorpius return and Scorpius recovers and goes back up to the research bit and John is still sat on top of his module checking a few mm-hmm. things, Crace's voice comes over the shipwide comms. It's like, Scorpius. And it's like, is that you, Crace? And Yes. <laughs> it says, I'm just making my final goodbyes. And the the music actually starts to swell in this scene of like, dum dum dum, da da da. It gets more dramatic as this scene goes on, and Scorpius says like, "Where are you, Crace?" And I love this line. He says, "I'm standing in your heart, and I'm about to squeeze." Mm-hmm. And Scorpius yells at Brock. It's like, "Look, find him and stop him." Yeah, er, find him and arrest him. Yeah, and Crace uh, is like. You, Scorpius, you're the most repellent of creatures. You weren't born a peacekeeper. You weren't conscripted. Against your will. You chose to be a peacekeeper. It makes you the most repellent of creatures, and Scorpius is like, okay, scramble all prowlers, lock down the hangar, don't let him get away. Yeah, because they find that he's on talent and he's powering up. And Braca looks at uh, readings and he's like, he's powering up inside the hangar. To full power. Don't think he's going... I don't think he's trying to escape. Then Crace says, like... The last time I left this ship, my ship, get very angry about this. Mm-hmm. It's like, you forced me out. You stole my life from me. And I had to leave under the veil of secrecy just to get away. I'm not going quietly this time. Yeah. And he delivers it with such, like, anger at Scorpius, letting it all out. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that actually the plot point from, you know, the end of season one is coming back now that this is, you know, Crace having his revenge for what happened there. Yep. And Scorpius is now agitating. He's yelling, like, get that traitor off that ship! And he's yelling at someone to do something. <laughs> I like, actually, how he says, find that traitor and get him off that ship! I think you just answered one of the two questions, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> if he's on the ship, you don't have to find him, because he's on the ship. Okay, it's a big ship. Fine. Anyway. But as Talon is powering up, the carrier is starting to shake a little bit. And mm-hmm. you can see John sat on his module just actually fairly calmly looking at Scorpius. And he Scorp- says, Scorpius looks at him and John says, I'd hang on to something if I was you. If I were you. He gets angry, shouts at Strapper, and then leaves, I guess. Yeah, he like growls it. He's like, and uh, storms off. And then we see back aboard Talon, and we see a close-up on Chris, and he's like, Talon, we hear Talon respond. Well, we, we first see oh, the yeah. outside, Talon's uh, wings, get the tips get closer at the end, which is usually right before Starburst. Yeah, and, and he's then... sort of lifting up off the hangar floor, and then Chris mm-hmm. says, and the way he actually says this, he's, he's, it's almost like... The pause before it is very important. He yeah. says Talon, and then there's a long pause, and you can see him look off, he's like, okay... One last time. And he closes his eyes and looks up and he says, Starburst. Talon. Starburst. And we see Talon initiate Starburst inside the hangar. The, mm-hmm. you know, the outside of the hull, of his hull glows. The energy builds up to a massive amount and then it the hangar starts to explode and... What you see happen is basically Talon being 
as usually being sucked into the vortex that Starburst creates, but pulling everything along with it. And then it explodes outwards and just everything is destroyed. I, I don't think it's exploding. I think it's imploding. Right, yeah. It, either way, it just takes a lot of the hangar bay with it and then the ship starts shaking. Yeah, it starts ripping it apart. It's almost like a tiny black hole in the center of it that I think is just slowly tearing that thing to pieces. And some amount of energy just radiates off it and that's... Ah, man, it's just the way ta- way Crace delivers the line of uh, Starburst is he's mm-hmm. not exactly happy about it, but he's just... He's content? Is yeah, he's a little with? bit. A little bit content and a little bit like... He's not ang- he doesn't deliver it angrily. He doesn't do it like a cool action hero style. Nope. He's like a- accepting that this is his death. But this is it. Yeah. The last thing they both do. Hmm. And I actually uh, really like that delivery on that line. And yeah, so the ship starts to go down. He's managed to do it. And we see like the corridors of the command carrier start shaking. Bits and pieces start falling down everywhere. And uh, we actually see the holding cell and Dargo realizes that it's he's done it. We're going down. The ship is blowing up. Wait, hang on. We're still on it. <laughs> yeah. We can't get out. Let us out. Yeah, because they're like, hey, let us out of here. Let us out. And uh, the cell starts falling apart. And Rigel's like, yeah, this is great, but we're still frilling trapped in here. Let me out of here. And I like the organ music that is building mm. through this. And it was especially towards the scene where Crace Starburst. Very appropriate, I find, mm. for this. Yeah, and it keeps going throughout the rest of the scene of the um, destruction of the command carrier. And, and in fact, we hear like that organ music, in fact, maybe a bit of chanting as well. Yep. Um, as we see scenes of destruction, we see the park, and there is a statue in there of just some peacekeeper uh, hero and it, we see it collapse and fall backwards into the lake we see everyone running around there Aaron trying to clear people out yeah and especially that image of Aaron trying to clear people out with that statue basically breaking I'm like she's basically destroying home now yeah but she's trying to get as many people out as she can mm-hmm. and we still have that organ music playing and Scorpius then walks through the ship and he specifically the sauna for some reason where a lot of people are and I'm like is why are you running randomly through the sauna with your clothes on this is weird in fact Scorpius is stood at the base of there's a bunch of stairs that go up the center of the room and he stood there and then from the wall at the top of the stairs behind there suddenly a huge torrent of water bursts from behind there and yeah, starts and spilling down the steps and it looks really cool yeah i have no idea what this scene is here this scene is here because it's like it's the destruction of the ship right mm-hmm. okay and this is the water is cascading down there which by the way that had to be done in a single take that doesn't surprise me yeah. i believe that cuz it's and, a lot of water and a lot and so like the rest of the crew a lot of people turned up to watch it happen oh sweet and so scorpius is then actually kind of somewhat calmly walking through that and he he actually walks up the steps and stands there as the water is cascading down there and he looks around you know, basically, he's surveying the destruction, realizing that it's all—it's over. It's all—it's over, and that uh. I mean, one way to do it is that, in fact, the water, like it's all being washed away. Ah, oh, so yes, thank this, you. This scene is symbolic of like the yes. in, the destruction and him just standing there watching it all fall apart. That's nice. why he stands in the middle of the stairs and just looks around. And I actually quite like the visual of Scorpius's like full body shot, which has like the tails on his 
jacket you know like mm-hmm. kind of like a you know suit and tails but like you see his just standing there looking around he's not yelling he's not angry he's just looking around surveying the destruction realizing it's all falling apart around him yeah yeah i don't get symbolism that I, i'm glad you helped me with that one <laughs> yeah i'm like there's a very clear symbolic point to this yeah. scene yeah and now i'm like why didn't i realize that before i don't know <laughs> Well, there you go. I'm happy to help. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it's also it is also that sort of dis. I think dissonant serenity is a good uh, way mm. to put it. As everything mm. falls around him, and Scorpius is just standing there uh, while that organ music plays, and he watches it all disappear. And so John is in the um, experiment room, and everything's still falling apart. And he's like, "Come on, Strapper, let- can you get to the escape pod?" Strapper realizes that it's like, you had something to do with this. No, the it's research. Like, I, I, need, I, need, I need to save this research. And yeah, then he attacks John and John. I mean, he's not really a match for John. So John managed to push him to the console. And he's like, I thought you wanted this as well. I thought you wanted this discovery. It's like, to tame a wormhole, to harness its power, it would have been the greatest scientific discovery. And John's like, it's not just science. Like, he slams him into the into the wall and he's like this is not just science it's never just science it's a weapon and i will not let the peacekeepers have it or not let anyone have it it's never just science i really like that sentence yeah like this these things have repercussions it's It's not just something that can be used to blast out mining it can also be used in different ways and you need to realize that (laughs) yeah and strapper realizes this and he's like I'm sorry, I understand, and but you have the knowledge inside your head, and it's like, well, I'll just have to be very careful with it. <laughs> yeah, and then Strapper says, look, there's one other person with that knowledge in their head, and if Scorpius gets his hands on me, he will force it out of me. And John's like, oh, God damn it, you're right. And so, like, okay. What conf- do we do about this? And I'm like, you take him along? <laughs> well, no, uh, what they do is they take him to the Aurora chair. I know what they do. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. just my first thoughts. Come with me. But but they go to the Aurora chair and actually explains a bit about how sort of why they don't take it with him because like he says like if he captured me he'll force the knowledge out of me mm-hmm. they go to the Aurora chair to um, uh, wipe his memories and so they strap him in so there's a cut obviously and we go to the Aurora chair we saw earlier Yep. and basically what John actually says is that the Aurora chair won't be able to erase the wormhole knowledge in his head because yeah. it was put there by the a- ancients yeah and he's like but even if it could, I don't think I'd be able to go through with what you're about to do, Strapper. He says you are a very brave man. Yeah, Strapper is like willingly erasing that knowledge, and that's the thing. He's like they can't do this to John because it won't work. Nope. Um, and Strapper has made this decision for himself. He's like, no, we must erase my memory. He doesn't want to take the risk of being captured and having the information forced out of him. Yeah, and he, he does like to live. Yeah, so this is why you know Strapper isn't just going with them. This is what Strapper has decided is the best mm-hmm. course of action. Well, the ship is imploding. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, they don't have much time. And so he straps into the Aurora chair, and John sets it up. And meanwhile, Aaron has found the cell with the rest of the crew in it. It's collapsing, which causes the bars to bend a bit, little bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm betting Jules screaming had something to do with that. Yeah, I was expecting that, actually. In fact, in the last episode, I was like, Jules, just scream and melt the bars and then you can leave. Um, <laughs> nobody <laughs> thought of that, but okay. And so Aaron's like, okay, everyone, let's get out of here. And Tiana goes through the 
uh, holding the bars and they all start moving out. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, also, Scorpius has made it back to his uh, quarters and Braca is there and uh, it's like, sir, it's like, hold on, and staggers over to the uh, over to the comms and it's like, this is Scorpius, like, to the whole ship. And mm-hmm. it says, like, priority one escape procedures are in effect. You, Everybody abandon ship. Yeah, and I appreciate that he does that. Still doing his duty. Yeah, he doesn't have to, but he does. And then Braca's like, sir, and Scorpius grabs Braca by the neck. He's like, Braca, come with me. And then they run off. And um, Aaron goes over the comms to John and says, like, I found the others. They're okay. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting out of here. We're going to grab a bunch of uh, escape pods and we're getting out of here. And it's like, I've got a prowler. They'll get some escape pods. We'll be fine. And John's like, I have my module. I'll fly that out. Yeah, he says, don't wait up for me. I'll grab my module and go. We'll meet you back at Moya. Mm-hmm. And then John activates the Aurora chair and erases the knowledge from Strapper's mind. Which looks very painful. Yep. Uh, well, we know it is. And Strapper's just yelling. And we then go. We then cut to Dargo, who's... I think this is actually Scorpius's quarters again. Yeah. And uh, he's found the comms and is coming pilot. And it's like, pilot, uh, we need your help. And... I was like, is that you, Dargo? And I was like, yes, it's me. Um, what can I do? Dargo basically says, we're out of escape pods. Patch me through my ship. And okay, connection established. And then we see like the uh, shot of Dargo's ship just sort of booting up. And he's like, okay, voice commands on. Activate weapons and shielding. Commence rescue mission. Wow, that's... I mean, the others are pretty simple commands, yes. But <laughs> commence rescue mission is some good primitive uh, AI, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so then we see it actually fly out of Moya and head towards the command carrier. And so Erin is trying to make her escape and through the corridors, but then actually I think she's this is another case of dissonant serenity where she's just walking through fairly calmly as it's exploding around her. Yeah. And then she runs into Henta. Pulls a gun on her and says, You did this, didn't you? She's like, Look, I had no choice. I know that we gave you enough time to get out. Most of you will survive. And she's like, yes, most. And I'm like, well, she's not wrong. Most. But Aaron says that, I know that by doing this, I'm saving millions of lives. And then Henta says, well, sadly, you won't be able to see that. Well, you and then randomly gets burnt by uh, an exploding pipe. Yeah, Yeah, it's like you won't be able to save yourself. And then there's just a jet of fire like goes out from the wall and hits Henta. And she turns into a scorched corpse and yeah, falls like, over. Like, really quickly. It's just like suddenly she's covered in like burn marks and a huge amount of like prosthetics and she falls down uh-huh. to the floor on fire and all i could think of when during this scene is uh one of the rules for storytelling uh, that pixar has which is a deus ex machina to get your characters into trouble great a deus ex machina to get your characters out of trouble that's cheating yeah, like, I can see what they were kind of going for with, like, Eren does want to help Hento or does want to save her, but this destruction that they've brought ends up killing her. I can see that making sense. But it's just yeah. the fact that she stood there and suddenly this massive torrent of fire, like, just hits her in the face. Like, there, are, there is a, maybe a more subtle way or a less contrived way to, to get that yeah, result. To be honest, that that symbolism you just described, I don't read that in this scene. No, I, I I think that's I think that's what they were going for, but it does not come across here. 
I hope it is, because otherwise I'm like, you could have probably left this scene out and left it up in the air if Henta survived. Uh, I don't know. I think I like, because throughout these past two episodes, we've seen Aaron trying to reconnect with Henta, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it and Aaron wants it, but Henta doesn't, right? And so Aaron trying to save Henta, and Henta being killed at the end, does kind of wrap that up and of like, yeah, you really can't go home again because Henta did not want to go with her. Again, I don't feel that this scene no. really concluded that, no, but I, I don't. do see what they were going for. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's like, I think if, say, like, she had been trapped behind something, Aaron was trying to get her out, and something else, then, like, the ship was shaking and more stuff fell on her, and she had... Yeah, to... that would have worked better. Yeah, like, this is just, they're standing in a corridor and suddenly she gets burned to death. Like that's... Because in this case, it, it feels like it's saving Eren instead of killing Henta, if that makes mm, sense. Yeah, yeah, yah It's like the Deus yeah, like you said, Deus Ex Machina to get her out of trouble. Yeah, instead of killing Henta, which is an emotional blow for Eren. That's not how this scene feels. Yeah, I, I think I think the execution of this uh was not that great. It does kind of come out of nowhere and yeah, like like I said, I would have preferred it if Eren had been trying to save Henta's life and failed. Yeah. Because of the destruction of the ship. Or even Hansa being like, I don't need your help, yeah. and dying because she rejected that help. That would have also worked. Yeah, anything like that, which would have been a nicer end to that little mini arc within these two episodes. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt of that's what they were trying to accomplish, Yeah, but I don't. But this scene does not accomplish that. No. So, eh, it's not... It's, it's over with fairly quickly, but yeah... It, just ultimately is a bit disappointing as a way mm-hmm. to resolve that uh, yep. little plot thread. All right, so Aaron just sort of walks off and doesn't look particularly... She looks a bit upset by it, but doesn't really react in a huge way. Yeah, I assume she has other shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> so John makes it to his module, and the bay of the hangar bay where the module was, and there's the research lab behind it, there's now a big crack in the floor, and there's steam and mist, like and smoke coming out of it. Yeah, and the floor on the other side of the crack is higher, so there's already a height difference created now. And there are some pillars falling down, and John makes it to his module on one side, and then Scorpius appears on the other side. Mm-hmm. John's like, looks like our partnership is over. And Scorpius is just the look on his face is just like defeat. He's like, it's his face at least says it that it's all over. All of it. But he, he's also angry at Crichton because he says, John Crichton, Commander John Crichton. Generations will remember that name. Because of you, the Scarens will soon destroy half this galaxy. Yeah, and John responds, look, one evil at a time. That's the best I can do. And, yeah, we, we start out with, like, a medium shot of Scorpius talking mm-hmm. to John. And, notably, Scorpius is higher up, so he's shot from below. Um, mm-hmm. Then we see a close-up. When we get to a close-up of his face, you can really see the defeat in yeah. Scorpius's eyes. And he's he's almost looking at John like, you naive fool, like, partially as well. Do you realize what you've done and just completely defeated? And uh, John says, like, are you going to go after Earth? What? Start on the 60-cycle journey he's like, to destroy a completely insignificant planet just to get revenge at you. Hmm. He says, no, the only vengeance he cared about is no longer within his grasp. Yep. And he's just like, oh my god, no, what's the point? Actually, yeah, that's what he says, to what end? Because he yeah. was only using Earth as leverage over John, but now that they've destroyed the wormhole project, that doesn't like, matter anymore. 
No, there's no point to it. He could get revenge on John, but he doesn't care about revenge on anybody except the Scarrens. And what Scorpius then says is the code to John's bracelet. Yep, and uh, he unlocks it, and then John tells Scorpius the code to his. Which is 911. Yeah. (laughs) Which I find a nice little detail. Mm. And so they remove it, and John holds his up, looks up at Scorpius and says, we were close, and then throws the bracelet down into the crack. Scorpius throws that away as well. And in in somewhat of a gesture of, uh, not friendship, but understanding, like John's like, look, if you're going to get off this boat, now would be a good time. Yeah, we need. he says, we need to get off this boat, is what he says. He uses the we term in this yeah. one. And, but Scorpius responds like, I don't think I'll be getting off this one, John. And he walks off and John calls out for him. He's like, Scorpius, Scorpi, but he's he's gone. Yeah. The thing is, I think John would have offered him a ride on the module. Yeah, he probably would have. Um, but Aaron comes over and says, like, I'm leaving in a prowler now. Like, we're getting out of here. Come on, let's go. John is like, fly safe. Th- that fly safe bit gets to my my feeling a little bit too much weight because it's like, and then they're fine. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, maybe there maybe there was a bit of excitement in between that it had to be cut for time. That's fair. Yeah. Did you, by the way, th- that scene with Scorpius and John, did you notice the rift between them was back? Yeah, exactly. I was just about to bring that up. Like the the rift, like the 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 exact line in like the previous episode was at last the rift between us is healed when they meet aboard the command carrier and now mm-hmm. it's back and it's like a huge crack between them and they're standing on yep. either side of it and I caught you... that symbolism <laughs> that's because it's a massive crack in the world <laughs> like it's literally a rift <laughs> like <laughs> they were not being subtle with that one no <laughs> which apparently is something they need to do more <laughs> No, no, they shouldn't. That, that, that's like saying they're the problem. Yeah, I'm not, that's true. It's not. I think it's me. The, well, partially the problem. All right. Well, that yeah, that symbolism is pretty clear. Of like they're mm-hmm. on two sides of this now. That rift is back between them, and so yeah, I actually I really dug that and like realizing that of like yeah okay no this works and it doesn't feel too contrived because the ship is literally tearing it's itself, itself apart. apart. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, they. So John gets out of there in the module, Aaron leaves in the Prowler, and the rest go off in Dargo's ship. And so then we cut to, I mean, the next thing we see is Moya flying through space. Yeah, she got away. And we cut inside, and uh, Dargo and Rigel are in the uh, eating area. And Dargo's like, well, we knew this would come sooner or later, when we would all split up, go our separate ways but I didn't realize it would take this long. (laughs) At least he he thought at the beginning that uh, it would happen a lot sooner. Yeah, and Rachel's like, don't think for a moment I'm going to miss you, Farbots. (laughs) Well, maybe a little. Maybe a little. Chiana sat there as well, and uh, Dargo's like, what are you going to do now? And she says, I don't know, probably try and find the Nabari resistance. She really has no plans. No. And uh, Jewel is with Pilot and just walking away to leave. And Pilot says, if we do find your species, your planet, will you leave Moya as well? And you can see her sort of start to tear up. And it's like, it's, I, if I do leave Moya, I won't be the only one. No. And the last shot of the episode is John and Aaron sitting yeah. at the window at command. They don't say anything. And John is just writing on his hand more symbols. And yeah. then copying them into his book. And Aaron's just sitting there face down. Because sort of... they can all go home now. 
Yeah, like, I assume that the pardons and stuff they got from Scorpius at the beginning of this two-part episode, or this two-part story, are still in effect. I mean, even if they're not, the thing is, what I think is the important part, they can now just basically jump home. They don't have to go looking. They don't have to go through treacherous terrain. They can just wormhole there. Possibly. Um, I don't think... That's not what I got from that at all, actually. I got that... It, it's what I got because he was still writing the code mm, on his arm as they were doing that. But it seems to me like they're just getting ready to leave now and John's not done yet with the wormholes. Mm. I don't I don't think that's what we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I think it's just the idea that they can all just go back to their lives now that this is all over. Mm. And um, the person who had been chasing them Scorpius, you know, for the wormhole knowledge inside Crichton's head, is just that's over with now. That's done. He's, he's either dead or he has no intention of coming after them again. Yeah, he has no project. He has nothing to work on. So, yeah, and then like you said, the final scene is just Aaron and Crichton sat up at command and just with a starfield in the background through the view screen, and that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was uh, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, part two of Into the Lion's Den. Um, some big things happened in this episode. This very yes. much, you can tell this is this is the penultimate episode of the season. Mm-hmm. There is There's still a lot of heavy plot things happening in this. You know, we have the death of Talon and Krace. Uh We have yeah. the destruction of Scorpius's command carrier. Scorpius's plans have been completely ruined. And like Scorpius's possible death or at least defeat. Yeah, and John starting to unlock the wormhole knowledge inside his head, much like the other Crichton did. Mm-hmm. So he has that now as well. He, he can probably go home soon. Yeah. So it, it wrapped up a lot of things, and uh, quite a few of them in spectacular fashion, like the big explosion and death of Talon, and the destruction the thing of is, the command carrier. What I what I really felt. From the moment that Kray said that he was going to, he and Talon were basically going out in blaze of glory. Yeah, it was almost like seeing him slowly walk to his death in mm. this yeah. episode, which yeah. is like, holy shit, Kray is not coming back after this episode. I, damn, I've actually started to like this character. Yeah, and but it is definitely a noble sacrifice. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not for nothing, which, which at least is good because. Uh, you know, if you sacrifice yourself for nothing, then it's just a cheap death, really. But that's yeah. But in this case, they they stop Scorpius's wormhole plans in the in its tracks. So I I mentioned before the scene where the Crace actually explains his plan to John and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, not so much a problem, but I'm just thinking about that scene. It sets up Crace's death, like it sets that up. So that thread is running throughout the rest of the episode until it happens. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if I would have preferred if Crace's sacrifice came as more of a surprise. Um, because I don't, I don't th- personally, I don't actually, because I, I like because we have because it get, shows us a man mm. who is willingly walking to his own death, and we we realize those scenes being that throughout it. And we accept it. Like otherwise, you're looking back. Oh, he already knew at this point. It's like mm. no, we we as the audience know as well. Yeah, and we're seeing him take that walk, severing the ties he has with the few people on the ship that still care about him, making 
pushing them away so they're safe. Mm. Him talking to Talon, being like, look, we need to do something radical and we're going to do this together. Yeah, I I think the part of the reason I was thinking about it is that not it still has an impact when it happens. But I feel like mm-hmm. if, if, if we knew that Kratos was going to do something, but we didn't know he was going to sacrifice himself, it would maybe have had a slightly greater impact when... He commands talent to Starburst, but it's, it's only like a minor thing. I'm just wondering, just thinking that, you know, you set it up and you can follow it through, but it just, it, it loses some of the impact it might have had if it had been more of a, like, like you remember when, uh, how, remember when Zan sacrifices herself, right? Yeah. Um, the timing of that, like she decides to do it um, and it happens within a very short space of time. That is true, but... There was also the fact that she was already dying at that point. That's so true, she also yeah. had her walk towards death in a way. Yeah. Only it was she heck she was accepting her death several episodes before that. Like like I said, I don't dislike what they did. I'm just thinking could it have had a greater impact? I I, th- I think way? in this case they weren't focusing on his death, but on his decision to sacrifice himself. Mm. And in that case, it works better to have him say that early. Okay. And really show like I said, his walk towards his death. All right. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, uh, should we put a rating on this episode? It's tricky, because I think I like the previous one better, despite the uh, fact yeah, that Crace's death is in this, and it's it's very well done. I, I do kind of agree um, that I did. I think I prefer the previous one. It's not by a whole lot, but um, there are a few odd bits here like mm-hmm. uh, like Henta's death. In fact, the whole subplot with Henta and Eren doesn't feel like it had been developed nearly enough. It, it, it was it was going places in, yeah, the, in the setup in the one. I was like, oh, this yeah. is interesting. Is she is she basically going to sow dissent within the peacekeepers mm-hmm. where Henta's starting to partially see her perspective or something? But that just gets that goes up in flames literally um, yeah. in this episode. So yeah, that didn't really go anywhere, which is a shame. And like we mm-hmm. discussed, like the resolution to that was not really that, not really that great. It was no, because at the end of one, we see them just talking to each other and basically having conversation about ideals. Mm. And the next scene we see them is when Aaron helps that little girl, and it's just pure hostility back then. Yeah, like yeah. What did that last scene mean then? Yeah, the, I mean, the one we had before this. I think that's the problem. In this episode, there were there was too much to juggle, so that kind of got swept to the side. Um, and it just it just became animosity. Period. Yeah, and it basically becomes this little hanging thread that they have to like you know cut and do, deal with, which is why they go with the ending they did, I suppose. Mm-hmm. They had to do something. But, yeah. Yeah. So that was not that great. I still think I still really like the episode. You still have that punch that like weight of Kray sacrificing himself and Talon mm-hmm. and, and just seeing Scorpius go from pure almost well as close as he'll get to elation when mm. he's in the module to the despair he has once it it's all coming apart. Yeah, utter like defeat as well. I, I I like the emotional outburst from Crace when he's describing, you know, this was my ship, you took this all from me and now I'm going to get back at you. But I think I think really these past two episodes have been, from an acting perspective, they've been uh, uh, Wayne Pigram's ap- episodes as yeah. Scorpius. And a little bit of uh, Lani Tupu. Yeah, that's I why I, me- I mentioned that, because he does sell that reasonably well. But 
I think, like, as Scorpius, like, seeing the range of his emotions, mm-hmm. and that he has the huge range of them, which, you know, is, he's, a, he's the... He's certainly dressed and looks like, and in many ways, and in certain scenes, acts like the big evil villain, right? Yet, like I, like I said, the one thing that managed to distract him completely was his hope. Yeah. Which that's... is kind of twisted that the heroes, quote-unquote heroes, use that against the villain. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I love, that's why I love Scorpius as a character, because he, for all the world, looks like your, you know, big evil, like he's a lizard man in a gimp suit, basically. Yes, you know? <laughs> he really is. He's, he's, he looks like, and visually, the language, visual language is one of, like, Darth Vader, you know, the big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. But he's played with such nuance and depth to his character, and these past two episodes really show... Uh, the range of that, and that's why I think part that's a large part of why I enjoyed them so much. Yep, I and completely agree with that. So I I would I would give this another four out of five. Um, or like it's I I I think because it's elevated by those parts that we just talked about. Um, I yeah I think I'll agree. It is a four out of five. It's... But where I said that the previous one was was mm, at yeah. The... At the top, that was the almost four. last episode. This is at was, the bottom of the four. Last episode was almost a five. This is this would need some more work to get it up to that level. Yeah, this, this, that. like the other one was almost a five. I think this just jumps above the three for me. I I mean I wouldn't put it that low, but we're not doing like you know four point two five, four point five, whatever. Like I said, it would. That's where I would put it. Yeah, it's it's still like a very good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like we said, there are there are areas that could have used a lot more work on them. I think. You know what? I'm going to go through the three, actually. Okay, that's fine. Just just so we keep using the range of points we have and not <laughs> give everything a four out of five. Because <laughs> three is still a good episode for me. Mm. I, I, would, I, I would still stick with the four because of... Mm-hmm. I think it, it really comes together in the end, in the, in the last yeah, act that is of, the true. Ep- of the episode. It's tricky. Yeah, it's, it's a close one. It's very hard. Yeah. I'd, I'll be honest. I can't really decide between the it's two. It's fine. Like, like we said, you know, it's it's it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> no. Nobody's so, keeping track of this, right? I hope not. Uh, someone maybe. Who knows? If you are, please tell us, because I'd like to see the list. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I could go back through all of them, but I, uh, it's maybe fine. someday I will. Maybe maybe but, we will one day, but not not today. Not so yeah. Also this. This is interesting again because this is episode twenty-one, and next week episode twenty-two is the final episode of season three, and this mm-hmm. very much feels like a season finale episode. Yeah, because it wraps pretty much everything up, but there's there's still what we've seen with the last episode is that it usually closes the episode thematically, yeah. but leaves enough threads hanging narratively to go into the next season. But we still have one episode left, so it'll be mm. interesting to see what happens then. That is, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I think the next episode. Oh, is I see going what you mean. Be. Yes, like narratively, this is where it gets closed off, and the next one thematically closes the uh, the mm. season. As with family ties, for example, that yeah. was the whole family arc was clo- concluded, despite the fact that John and Dargo were in space. That still felt like an ending. Mm. Had you cut the show there, it would have kind of worked. Yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, but we'll see what happens next week, which is uh, episode 22, Dog with Two Bones, is the name of the episode. Oh. And, ooh, okay, Crichton contemplates a choice between Aaron and Earth, 
while Moya's crew decide to go separate ways. Ah. So I can see, you know, they're all starting to split off and split up and maybe thematically, like you said, Crichton has to make a decision about where he wants to go. Yep. All right, so that'll be next week, and that'll be the last episode of Season 3. We're almost there. Yep, almost in the finale. And I'm already warning you guys, as always, we take, after the final episode, we take a two-week break. Yep. As we recharge and not watch Farscape for a few weeks. For a little bit, yeah. We, sorry, we just need that. No, we need to do that. Oh, yeah, do we ever. Because... <laughs> After that, we're probably finishing everything in one go. Yeah, because when we come back from our break, it will be season four, which is the final season of Farscape. But, of course, once we get to the end of season four, we also have Peacekeeper Wars to do. But we're going to try and we're just going to chain it all once we come back from our end of season three break. Yeah, because we don't want to hold the last few episodes from you with another one or two week (laughs) break between four and Peacekeeper Wars. So... That'll be it, yeah. Okay. So we're we're almost on the home stretch, but uh, we still have one more episode of season three to go. Yes. And that will be next week, as we said. So we hope you will join us for that. But until then, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Until next time, you can find us around the web on Twitter at Hats and Red. At RedNimer7. Go to CarmelHats.co.uk for previous episodes, uh, other projects, other podcasts, and uh, links to... Uh, iTunes and RSS feeds and all of this is supported by the Patreon patreon.com forward slash hats. and also if you could leave a review on our iTunes page because that helps other people uh, find the show Yep, and uh, spreads the love <laughs> as I'd like to call it Thank Yeah, you. that would be awesome anyway we will see you next time thanks for listening everybody have a good week goodbye goodbye, goodbye. Okay, hats. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, given we're going to season four, we need to do the civil because we are getting agitated with each other. Um, yeah. We're just going to do it like this: draw a line, your side, my side. I mean, yeah, it is getting on top of us a bit. Hey, wait a minute, what are you doing in my house? How did you get in here? Your side, my side. Your side, my side. Oh my god.